Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tech Lasso. This is Mark Schwanz, and I'm joined today with uh, two of my colleagues. This is Scott Moss. Hello. And today we have David Ross. Good morning. And I'd just like to introduce uh, David Ross. He works at LACO as a coordinator three in learning management systems. And yes. I just like, David, just take a minute and introduce yourself. Let people know who you are and what you're doing at LACO. Let me start by saying, you know, I, I want to thank you, Mark and, and Scott, for having me on the podcast today. It's a pleasure to be here. I, I've been at LACO for about, let's see, four years now. Uh, I currently, I work um, with the Ed Services unit division over here, and I'm tied with accountability, support, and monitoring as a coordinator three of, of learning management systems. My, my, main, my main job right now is, is the implementation of Canvas uh, learning management system with the LA County Office of Education. And really, it's more of, of implementing it you know, I guess on our side of the of the uh, street here at Laco, you know, Laco's got a couple buildings, so we're I, I support the accountability, support and monitoring unit. I support uh, curriculum and instructional services, and um, I support student uh, student support services, special programs, special projects uh, with the rollout, pretty much the rollout and support of Canvas uh, with our units. Uh, and then everything that goes with Canvas, you know, Canvas catalog, um, Canvas, you know, designs and and supporting all of our coordinators and directors that utilize Canvas uh, with with their LEAs and and uh, the local districts. Well, one of the things that I thought is that we would talk about Canvas because it is uh, such a popular topic right now. But mm -hmm. before we do. I was thinking about how you got into education in the first place. And I mean, I, I saw some of the things that you had shared in your bio that yeah. I didn't realize uh, what a varied uh, path you've had in <laughs> education. Can you talk about that? Like, what's the mission and passion that brought you into education and led to all these developments in your career? It, it was one, it was one teacher, actually two teachers in high school. Um, I was a, pretty average student maybe you know low c uh for for a big part of my high school career but i did have an amazing uh world history teacher in 10th grade uh mr pope i remember and in 11th grade for u.s history mr jaco and uh they were just they, they taught history with such a passion and it really kind of turned a, a light on in my brain like hey this is something that I'm interested in that, you know, these teachers have such a, an amazing passion for the subject. Um, it really kind of sparked my interest. I remember a particular unit uh, learning about the civil American civil war and just kind of being interested uh, just from the lectures that the teacher gave. And then um, I knew that there was a, a, a movie about it called glory and uh, I, I rented it and watched it at home and had such a like an emotional experience after after watching it that I wanted to learn everything that I could about the Civil War. And I remember going to the library the next weekend and getting a book on, you know, uh, Robert Goldshaw, the colonel of the of the 54th Massachusetts Regiment. And and then just wanted reading all these as many books. And I'd never done that before. <laughs> you know, I never like really read for for pleasure in that way. 
And so just wanting to learn about it. And that teacher really like lit a spark in me and, um, you know, kind of set me on my path. You know, I, I know I, I knew from that moment on, I wanted to, to be a teacher. I wanted to, um, you know, really start in history, right. Be a history teacher. So, um, from that moment on, you know, junior of high school on into college, um, I knew I wanted to teach. And so I just kind of threw myself into education, you know, uh, in our local school districts, you know, I tried, I applied for jobs that I could just to get experience working with kids and working in the classroom, um, doing everything from being a teacher's aide, to a child care attendant. I did that for about seven years and I loved it. I loved working with kids. Um, and it was just, it was, I, it was more like, okay, good history got me into it, but I really enjoyed working with kids and I wanted to be that teacher that, 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 you know, turned that light bulb on for me. And, um, so, you know, uh, I started in Culver city unified as a middle school teacher, uh, sixth grade social studies and did that for about nine years. And, uh, throughout the, the, throughout my time there, I, 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 I enjoyed it. I loved teaching. I loved working with the kids, but there was always something else missing kind of that um, I, I, you know, that I wanted to kind of pursue and technology was it, was that for me? I remember. Okay. Now that was my question. I was like, get to yeah. the ed tech. How did you get into yeah. ed tech? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, you know, it's, it was more like um, I started to see teachers utilize technology a little bit more in the classroom. I still remember the days where I would take, you know, a lecture or, or, you know, class notes. And I would, I would uh, put it on the, what was it, the ditto machine. And then you had the transparencies to put it on the overhead projector. And I just remember like the beginning starting to use PowerPoint and being able to put pictures up. And that was just amazing at that time. Um, so I wanted, you know, I saw kind of how technology kind of enhanced education and enhanced my teaching. Um, so I, I started to learn more. And I remember going to the Q conference for the first time and walking around and seeing everybody with, you know, iPhones or smart smartphones. And they had the, the conference schedule on there and thinking, oh, that is so cool. And, you know, just wanting to, like, learn how to utilize technology in the classroom. And, um, you know, I, I remember, like, the this was like 2009, 2010. I wrote uh, our at, at the middle school, I wrote our um, PTSA president saying, hey, you know, I know this new thing that they have going on in the classroom from Q is, you know, they use the iPad in the classroom and the teachers will walk around and they'll, you know, it makes them more mobile and they can pull up things that they're, you know, that they're teaching about and kind of sh like, I just remember being able to talk about the pyramids of, you know, Giza, right. in ancient Egypt and being right. able to pull it up on the screen or maybe Google earth, you know, pulling it up in 3d and the kids were just like, Oh, wow. You know, mm -hmm. it was, uh, it just, it was a really cool thing. And I started using the classroom and then um, as a result of it, I, they asked me to train teachers uh, on how to use it and and different technology tools in the classroom and for me you know i had always enjoyed teaching and like i said i wanted to be that spark for the student um but i, I had a, a new appreciation for really helping teachers and and being that spark for the teacher that made technology easier for them and um that's kind of set me on a path to where i am today like um i really take that to heart like 
it's, you know, whoever I work with, whether it's a, you know, a, uh, in a, in a, you know, a, a, a large session or working with them individually, or maybe a unit uh, as a team, you know, working with them. Um, I want to be the person that, that says, Hey, here, you know, here's a technology tool, you know, we're implementing, let's say canvas, right? How can we make it easier for you? How can we make it um, so that you see the value of this tool and you can find the value in the work that you do. So um, I, I kind of switched from like, Hey, you know, I really like helping kids and working with kids to, you know, I really like working with teachers. I like working with adults and I love technology and I want to make it, you know, easier and engaging for them. That must've been a great uh, time when you were able to see that your passion for helping the students could be also work through with teachers, you know, and helping them maybe also get that sort of what excitement or enthusiasm yeah. for yeah how you could make a difference. That's great. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's, it's seeing that excitement, you know, in a student, like, you know, they finally get something or, you know, you see the light bulb turn on for them. Like yeah. I had this, I got the same enjoyment from seeing that in a kid to working with a teacher who's maybe struggling, who's not yeah. very well versed in technology and having a hard time with it. Yeah. Um, just, just uh, kind of knowing how to work with them and how to be patient with them and to kind of focus on small successes so that, mm -hmm. you know, you can see the light bulb go on for them in their classroom or in their, you know, line of work. That's great. So I I imagine to sort of complete the arc, you were, you were starting to get involved in training teachers and supporting mm -hmm. teachers. And then I'm assuming then because you're the canvas guy, right? That right. some, at <laughs> so, some point, right. In this trajectory, uh, you were introduced to Canvas, you started using it, and it became part of your work, right? Yeah, I've been using Canvas for about nine years. Uh, okay. On and off, you know, I was uh, from the classroom in 2014. I went to the district office as a technology TOSA, mm -hmm. and the first, <laughs> my first job was to find a learning management system. Oh, okay. And my my thought my thought was okay great awesome what's a learning management system exactly you know? and that's you know, what and I was thinking a lot of people that are listening might not even know what an L an LMS or learning management mm -hmm. system is so maybe we should start there yeah yeah what is, is what is an LMS <laughs> oh good well, that's a good question it's, it's <laughs> you were asking a, the same question right <laughs> exactly like well you know because we you know it, it's basically a learning management system. Basically, you think of it as a a complete version of an online uh, online. You know, you're taking a you're taking the ability to create online classrooms, and um, you're encompassing it into a large program that can be, um, you know, that can be implemented. It can be you know analyzed. It can be. Um, handled at a district or for our purposes uh, at, at the county office of education level. Uh, first and foremost, online classroom. So Canvas has the ability to, you can, you know, it, uh, you, you create courses, right? So uh, in those courses, there is the ability to, to send out assignments, to create quizzes, to create online discussions. Um, Canvas comes with a, a grade book for, you know, for teachers and students. Um, 
and it comes with a, a wiki page or a web page. So you can create content for your students. Um, for our purposes here at LACO, we kind of, we, you know, we, we recognize the LMS portion of it, but I would say that, that in our, in our, uh, for our purposes, what we do in um, Ed Services, it's it's use, utilizing more of the um, of the web resources, right? Creating those web pages so that um, units um, can supplement what's on Laco.edu, where the storage, uh, where we we could store our an archive, you know, files and documents and all that. Right. I think of uh, in some ways or. At sometimes I think of an LMS as a paper saver because <laughs> I I yes. remember before there even was an LMS I was taking my curriculum and putting it on websites so that I didn't have to make those trips to the copy machine and I yep. could make the, I could help make resources available without printing out pages absolutely so uh, you know taking it back to the early versions of the LMS you know we used Edmodo in the classroom oh, and I, I used it for a couple that. years. Absolutely. And it was, like you said, it, it was a paper saver, right? I took all the lectures that I had, all the tests, all the quizzes, and we uploaded it into Edmodo. And it, yeah, I didn't have to print out a hundred, you know, 175 tests, you know, and, and right. then take home tests, to, you know, over the weekend and grade, I can do it. Sure. I always use the analogy, like I was at a wedding and this is like early 2012 and I could grade papers from my hotel room. And I just thought that was incredible. Like on my phone, I'm grading, you know, 125 or 175, uh, okay. you know, uh, Egypt unit exams. So <laughs> I thought you, I thought you were going to say that you were grading papers from the wedding. Oh, <laughs> event. Before, yeah, <laughs> not, not that not that dedicated, but yeah, uh, at least afterwards. <laughs> well, um, I think yeah, we yeah. we um, you know, going going back, like we when when I was tasked to to find um, an LMS, I you know I said you know why not just use Edmodo, right? Edmodo was free, or Google Classroom was in, in the infancy yet, um, but our, our district and our assistant superintendent. Um, at the time, Dr. Crumpy, she wanted a more complete solution. She wanted, she wanted it to be connected, you know, connected with Aries, um, so that you know when the next year came along, our Canvas courses would be created, and they had a sync at that. Even at that time, we're talking about 2014, where they could bring in all of you know, you set up your, you set up the courses in Aries, and then it syncs it across into Canvas. So when the school year started, all the teachers already had a Canvas course. It was okay. already populated with their students and, and were ready to go. So ARIES is a student information system. Okay. Um, so and a lot of districts in California have it. For us as teachers, you know, we see it as the way we took role, you know, take attendance every day. Um, we used ARIES as an online gradebook. Um, so it's basically where you set up all of, you know, for, for an educational point of view, you know, it's where you set up your courses. Um, the students get their schedules in Aries and, um, you know, their grades come in Aries. So uh, when we talk about syncing it, um, it was where, so before the school year started, um, the school district builds their courses. Okay, we're gonna, we, we have these courses it's assigned to these teachers. And then when they put this populate the students into those courses, those courses are already set up in Aries. 
Canvas worked a sync or, um, you know, a, a data transfer where when we create Canvas courses, it does it automatically for the new school year. Right. Canvas is looking at Aries to set up what's already been created. So let's say you have a U.S. history course that I have. Let's say I have that period one through five, right? Um, I already have my course set up. I, my students are, are already populated in Aries. And then the data is synced into Canvas. And then now you've got a Canvas course, U.S. history, and your students are already there. That I recall, I recall uh, awesome. a time using LMSs before they were synced. So you would, it was middle school. So I don't know how many students I had, but I have to mm -hmm. actually enter every student in. And then if I wanted to grade something in the LMS, I would then have to go ahead and enter it into the grading system a second time or, you know, have both windows open at the same time and kind of do double duty. So yeah. syncing helps, you know, eliminate that double, that double work. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And and that's a big contention, right? That's, that's you know, when we talk about implementing a program, um, that was a difficult part in, when I was with Culver City was um, teachers not wanting to do that, right? You know, hey, I've already got my grade book. Um, you know, the, the ability to ha have to double enter your grades, that, that was a little tough. That was a little tough to get through. You know, it kind of I don't want to say stalled, but it, you know, the, the progression of canvas within a school district, within an entity, you want to make it as, as easy and painless as possible for the people that you're rolling it out to. Right. So you try to find the, the, you know, you try to find the ways that you can avoid those hangups. And, uh, and that was one of them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, now they, we, we worked uh, in Culver city, we worked with uh, like Manhattan beach and uh, some of the school districts in the LA area to kind of pilot the automatic sync, which I think is now, uh, you know, available in Canvas where a teacher can put their, you know, put their grades into Canvas or, you know, they're grading assignment or they're grading a, a quiz or something and they can press a button that'll take those grades and shoot them over to Aries so that, you mm -hmm. know, the, the, the student information system still is where most you know, school districts, um, and I can say this as a parent of of, of students that the you know in California schools, they that's where I go to find the grades. That's where I go to see the report card, the right. progress report. Ability to transfer those grades over is, is is pretty huge. Right, and just beyond all the technical, the practical part of it is that in a in a quicker way, parents can see how their kid or kids are doing. Kids can see their grades and mm -hmm. everybody's everybody's helped in the process. I think that's just, that's fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a big, that's a big, it's a big win <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm curious about maybe getting a little more into the weeds with your work with LACO. So let's say there's a department or someone and they want an online uh, course in Canvas and they come to you. Could you describe what that process is like as far as how, how those courses get created? Yeah, absolutely. And we, and we do, and that's a great question. And we do have, uh, we do have some uh, online courses that are set up. Um, our educational leadership program has it, you know, the, the admin tier, you know, tier two um, courses now are, are, are on canvas. Um, we have our STEM, our STEM science courses. Uh, some of them are, are asynchronous or uh, hybrid. I know these are also asynchronous. So when they do, when they come up and say, hey, Dave, I'd like to create an asynchronous course, you know, we take a look at 
what's set up already, right? What's already been created? What have you done in the past for this particular course, right? And then um, what do we need to do to digitize or not necessarily digitize, what do we need to do to make it so that we can put the content online in a managed way so that a student or a user who is going through the course can get what they need, um, you know, doing it online. So, you know, it's it's basically taking the content, kind of seeing how it's organized, right? Seeing how their course is set up and then kind of putting those into the modules, right? Of, of Canvas. So Canvas has their, I call it their file system, right? You know, when I was a teacher, I remember my first day of coming in middle of the school year, the teacher had a file cabinet of all the, uh, you know, each unit, you know, Mesopotamia, Egypt, uh, Greece, India, China. And then inside those folders, there was tests, there was lectures, all that stuff. So I kind of compare modules, creating modules in a Canvas course is setting up those file cabinets, right? So um, what are the different types of, of, you know, file you know, file folders that you have for your particular course, you know, um, is it, is it split up into like units of study, right? Is it, or are we talking about doing, um, setting up like maybe, maybe you've got a six, you know, it's a six day, it's a six day session. So, um, you're setting up your modules by, by the days and then, then we go into, okay, so once you've set up like the, the organizational structure of your course, now, now, now we go into like, okay, so what do you want to assess them on? How do you want them to progress through the course? Um, do you want it to be open where they just go through and then you have them complete assignments um, that, you know, you can check off as a teacher, right? You don't, it, you can grade, it doesn't have to be A, B, C, or D, or, you know, 10 out of 10 points, you can say, okay, I want you to turn, you know, this, you know, turn in a document for this particular course. As the teacher, I can just check it off in a way, right? I can just say complete or incomplete, and they go through it that way. Uh, so we talk about the progression of how people get through it. And then, you know, when we look at those file folders or those modules, do you want them to progress in order? And do you want it to be where they're not going to see the, the whole course until they complete you know, a particular module, either by clicking through pages or completing specific assignments. Um, you know, do you want to give them a, like a quiz at the end of each module where they have to have a certain, they have to get actually a certain score for them to open up the next module. So we talk about that. You know, I, I like with asynchronous courses to create pathways for students to go through, obviously, so where you don't need you know, a teacher or instructor telling you or holding your hand through it, you know, in, you know, uh, either through Zoom or whatnot, you create, you know, so I do a lot of video, I, I, I teach them, you know, we, we look at screencasting, what can, what kind of videos can we put up on that will make the learner know how to, you know, progress through the course, know the requirements of the course, and what they need to do in each stage to get, you know, progress through the asynchronous course. And then, you know, what's the payoff at the end? You know, do you, do you want to give them a certificate? Um, you know, we'll talk about, you know, we talk about badging. So you can, we, we've kind of started using badging with Canvas. For that, you know, it's really just kind of like, what, what the way I kind of work it is I created an asynchronous course. Uh, it's our LACO Canvas training series. So it teaches our users 
how to create LACO professional development courses. That's really our focus, right? Is to, to create, for units to create professional development courses or sites in Canvas. So basically what I did was, what were the successes of building an asynchronous course? What did I struggle with? So when I support other units and, and building their own, their own asynchronous courses, I use, I use my own personal experiences of, hey, this is what worked for me. Let me show you how to do it. And you can let me know if this, you know, if this fits with what you want to do in your course. Okay, so you're, you're not the one making, you're not the one in Canvas entering the content. You're training others and yeah. empowering them to do that work. Is that yes. correct? I hope I explained that correctly. Yeah, you, you did. And, and I think okay. what you're saying is that each course is going to take on the characteristics that are needed for their audience or their participants and and the content, mm -hmm. right? Right. And, and right. when you Just, say asynchronous, that means flexible. Right. Like you can complete it at your own pace. At your own pace. We we have, we have you know, obviously we have, uh, if you take our leadership educational leadership courses that are asynchronous um, that's a whole year right that's going to be a year of the students going through the course and the kind of cool thing is i i did take that particular class about three two three years ago so um and that was using at the time they used um i believe it was haiku or power school i think it was power school learning at the time um maybe so, Moodle too they they were using yeah. Moodle for a while Going back, absolutely. We go. will take you back. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, you know going be having the experience of going through as a student in another platform. When I came into this position and I had to, you know, my my role was to help, you know, um, units create their own courses. I could, you know, and, and it was, and it wasn't, you know, it was really kind of a a kind of a one on one support type of thing where. I would meet with them individually, you know, either Zoom or in person and really kind of be able to take the time to kind of figure out what they wanted to do and how we can adapt Canvas to their their goals. But, you know, it's kind of neat having that experience of a student. I can kind of say, okay, this, you know, how can we make that experience work in Canvas where it did in, in maybe PowerSchool, which wasn't, which wasn't hard because a lot of these learning management systems are very similar in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, they are. And there's, you know, similarities in the technicalities and the way they work. There's mm -hmm. also similarities in, you know, the way they, they look, you know, the graphical interface yeah. and all that. Yeah. And, and I yeah. hope people know we're not like endorsing that canvas, <laughs> you know, is right for you. Uh, but it does, it does have 36% of the market. I did. I asked Bart to help me understand. And, uh, <laughs> And it says that in K-12, Canvas is at 10%, but gaining. But what surprised me was, you know how many LMSs there are out there? It's, Bard said, at least 80. And I wow. thought, wow. I thought, wow, I, I was, I was going to say there was like dozens, but 80, that's quite a few. 80, that is quite yeah. a bit. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and, you know, they're really kind of took on their, you know, they, they really kind of started to gain, gain in popularity and especially, yeah. you know, in, in the K-12, because it started out as a, you know, a, a university, uh, you know, college platform that was kind of in competition with Blackboard, but, um, right. 
right around 20, you know, 2012, 2013, they started to kind of focus more, not focus more, but expand into the K-12 arena. And, you know, with COVID and online learning, I'm, I'm that really kind of shot up their, their right. clients as well. <laughs> right. You know, and I think we're also talking about a couple different things. And the one is, you know, an LMS for students, which is, is how you started. But there's also this use this use of the LMS for professional learning, which is your niche now. And mm -hmm. in any event, I was going to ask you about the advantages for accessibility or, you know, how how you can reach all learners. So can you give an example of something that you might do to, um, you know, use that technology, the LMS to provide more opportunity or maybe it's maybe used in terms of engagement to help all learners mm -hmm. be more successful yeah you know it's uh when you're building these these courses um you know you you're and the units that are that are advertising them um you know we we have a catalog for that we use canvas catalog for our kind of like our storefront at least and you know and ed services like you know, what are the trainings? What are the um, workshops? What are the, you know, the seminars or the symposiums, the network meetings? So all of that is done through Canvas catalog. So um, we kind of advertise the upcoming trainings and, and what's, you know, what's, what's going to be available to, you know, to local, you know, school districts and teachers and administrators and all that, what type of trainings are available. And we use Canvas catalog for that. Um, but the ability to like bring in a Canvas course or, you know, we, 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 we go, we say course, we also have to say Canvas site because we're building, you know, we're also building websites for these trainings. Right. So if you go to a training, um, you know, and we're starting to utilize this more, um, our, uh, career technical education uh, unit, uh, Raina Hanson Flores. We you know we worked last year. They had their their CTE symposium, so we we worked on putting all of their resources on Canvas. So oh, they had a, so instead of a course, there's like a resource page for mm -hmm. an in person workshop, or, yep. or something like something like that. Yep. Oh, very cool. So, so we're kind of utilizing the the web facing part of it, you know. We're, we're paying for Canvas, right? So let's use all aspects of Canvas, and you know, let's let's utilize this. So, you know, for a you know a, a day or two day training, you don't you know you're not going to necessarily want to spend you know thousands of dollars on a on a conference software or conference you know website web service to to bring in. We've got Canvas. It's already purchased, so we're going to build. So we built a website, a Canvas site, <laughs> for that particular conference. So oh, you I know, see. attendee information, like you know, location, where is the conference, who are this, you know, who are the keynote speakers. We can put their images up there with the relevant information, bios, you know, links to their websites. You know, we had. We put the, all the sessions up there with, you know, presentation blanks. So, you know, I, I took my, my experience, you know, going to Q conferences oh, to say, Hey, like, how can I, how can we take, you know, the app or the website that I used at Q, Q conference? How can we take that and build that into a, a canvas site that we're right. already, you know, we're already right. using. It's, it's, 
it's no extra charge to build this. And we could, you know, it, it works like a Google doc where you can say, okay, this particular website, we're going to make it public so that we just take the URL of the, of the Canvas site, send it to all the attendees when they register, you know, they register uh, and then on they register, they pay for the symposium or they pay for the event. And then on the automatic response saying, Hey, you've been registered for this, this particular event. There's a link to the, to the, you know, symposium canvas site that has all the information that they're going to need. How, how can someone take advantage of some professional learning if they didn't even know about it? Right. Or if it's right. too diff or if it's too difficult to sign up and register, mm -hmm. but you're, yep. you've got this way where it's all sort of working really, really nicely. Yeah. That's great. Uh, by making it, you know, by making this accessible to all the attendees, you know, it's um, they have all the information that they need. You know, I remember at the at the event, they, you know, they put the links on QR QR codes all around the tables and everything, and it just made it it made it to where you know, you know, a lot of times you go to the events and and you go to conferences or workshops and you're like, oh, where do I go? You know, what's what's where's the next session or what are the next sessions that are coming up? And to be able to put everything in one place in Canvas for this purpose was, was very valuable and it made it easy to access for everybody who, who attends. Thank you. I was going to ask you about something you were talking about earlier. So you said when you work with different people in different groups that you look at what they have and sometimes they may have certain instructional materials that may not just translate one-to-one -one over to online environment, or certainly mm -hmm. there's challenges of people, uh, as Mark was talking about, keeping learners engaged in online environments. Do you, yeah. um, other times when you need to take what's been done and say, let me change this, let me alter this. So that's going to be more engaging for online asynchronous learning. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, what I've found is kind of an early, early, um, not an early, uh, roadblock to, um, to engagement was was just like the design of a particular site or or a course being able to kind of take what they have and put it up on a site in a way that they know you know they can easily access it or know where to go um i i use canva a lot um canva it's it's a online um god it's it, it's hard to let's see Sorry. <laughs> it's a graphics arts uh, yeah. program. Multimedia, really easy to use. Multimedia, multimedia creation. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard, yeah. Hard to like encompass it into one. <laughs> it is. A word, it is. A word there. Kind of, you know, just like being able to, to make in a lot of ways to make, to make, and, I, and I've done a lot of work the last couple of years with canvas designs, uh, utilizing Canva to really make pages kind of pop and really make, make them appeal, you know, appeal to, to a user and um, make it easy for them to find what they're looking for. Um, I've learned a lot about accessibility. If you're putting pictures up or you're putting text up or, you know, you've got, you have to put it up in a way that, you know, that all, all learners or all users can see and access the information. Um, so through Canvas, you know, and, and some of the trainings I've gone to, just knowing that, yeah, if I put a picture up, I've got to put some alt text behind that, right? So that the screen readers can pick it up. Or, um, you know, <laughs> I started up where, you know, when we're creating a page, 
oh yeah, let's, you know, we're going to make, we're going to make it organized and we want all the pictures to be the same size and look, you know, look, look nice and look symmetrical on the page. So you put it in tables and then Candace says, well, you know, uh, the, 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 the thinking was, you know, with accessibility that, um, you know, if you put things, if you put images into tables, there's not a way for the screen readers to identify what those are uh, because right. it's reading the columns and everything, right? So, you know, just kind of learning how to to make, you know, to change my thinking, right? To say, okay, I'm going to put some padding behind it. I'm going to put some alt text behind the image. I don't need to use a table to make things look s- symmetrical. I can add, you know, I can add stuff that looks good, but also is accessible and can be accessible on any screen. You know, sometimes you make, when you're making websites, you've got, you you know, it looks good on your screen, on your desktop, right? But if somebody's looking at it on a, on a tablet or a phone, or maybe they've got a TV, you know, it's going to be a different view. So learning how to make, make pages and make designs that are accessible for all, um, all types of monitors is, you know, has been a big part of my, of my work. Right. And, and, what we try to work, what I try to work with our units on is, is building those organized and responsive pages. Yeah. You know, here's a classic example in that uh, classic PDF, you know, the document, the document format, the portable document format, which is very efficient, right? You can put a three page document in a PDF, but if you put that in your course and then somebody's on a mobile device, forget making that easy because you have to open up the PDF and then you have to make it bigger or you have to make it fit on your screen. That's absolutely that's not the best way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And, and, and thank you for bringing that up to kind of take it back to Scott's question. You know, it's those, those type of things, you know, um, if it's a PDF or, you know, can we make it look better in a, in a Google doc or, you know, uh, if we take that that PDF and we put it into Google Doc, now we can embed it on 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 like a page, so that a user doesn't have to, you know, when they open up a page, they're not looking at, you know, they, they're not looking at having to click on a link to view the document. If it's embedded on the page, they can view it right on the page. It's there for them, and it's if it's embedded through you know through Google or something. Or or Microsoft, it's it, it's accessible. They can read it. It's not jumbled, right? It's not. Uh, so, you know, we we have to look at at those type of things as well. Like when we're bringing in stuff that's already been created, what's the best form that's going to appear on a on a page, so that all of our users will be able to see it, no matter what they're looking at, if it's a a tablet, or phone, or a monitor. Right. Speaking of that, uh, I I teach a, a part time. I teach a college course where students create online courses and very often they want to make their it's kind of this uh this battle between form and content they want to make it really beautiful and they want to make it very attractive but sometimes that's at the expense of being logical and knowing you know for having the learners know where they're going to go and what they're going to do how do you address that with the people you train uh, as far as putting the function over uh beauty in some cases that's a good question and uh you know it's it's sim- simplicity, right? Like it's just like when we talk about like what to put up on a PowerPoint slide, or you know, if you're doing a presentation, you don't want to have you don't want to have all the text that you're g- talking about on the screen. You want to keep it simple, right? 
Uh, same thing with a cam with a, a website page or a canvas page. You know, yes, you want to make it look nice. You want to make it look great and, and and attractive, and you know, you want to put pictures up and designs up. But you know, you have to look at is it going to confuse the user that's going through the course, right? Is it going to distract them from where they need to be? Like if I'm a user and I'm pulling up an asynchronous course, I want to know how to navigate through it, right? I want to know, you know, what's the process? What do I need to do first to get started? You know, what are the requirements to get through it? And if I've got too many, you know, you want to set a path, right? So you can use, you can use images, you can use buttons, you can use text to set that path, but you you want to do it in a simple way so that you're not confusing you know, you could have 150 people that are coming through your particular course and, you know, you, you want them to know where to go and how to access it so that you don't get 150 emails coming back saying, hey, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> what are, I, I can't find the first assignment, yeah. you know. So I just, you know, I go back to just keeping it simple and keeping a, a straight path that that your users will be able to navigate through. Thank you. That's yeah, great. I think. Uh... Thank you. Good question. Another way to say it is you want the frustration in the learning to come from learning a new concept, you know, taking right. in and processing that rather than the frustration from where do I find the next step? Right, exactly. You don't want the platform to be a hindrance to the learning. Well, I know there's a lot to talk into. And I think that especially regarding badges, right? I mean, you were very helpful when I was doing some research on digital badges. Mm -hmm. uh, this, yeah. this last year. And I think we're probably going to need to do another roundtable discussion on that and have an yeah. episode yeah. because there's so much to talk about. But just in, just in a nutshell, you mentioned that you're starting to use badges in Canvas. Mm -hmm. Is is there, what are some of the reasons? Uh, is, is it because you found that the learners are valuing that? Yeah, no, I think I think there is a value to to badges, and you can see the value of badges when you look at people's emails. The, whether you know, I, I get you know, you get people's emails, and you talk about educators and people in education, and they've got under their signatures, you know, cert, certificate, you know, certifications, right? So you know, it used to be where oh, it was so cool to be able to showcase like a you know, I did the the Google you know, certified educators. So we did level one, level two, and to be able to put that on your email, it's just kind of, it was, it was cool at the time, you know, it's just say, you know, I've got this kind of knowledge base, but what you're seeing now is that a lot of districts and um, schools, they, they're looking for those certifications. They're looking for teachers to have, you know, it's one thing to go to a conference or a workshop or to go to some training, but to be able to show that you're certified or that that you've completed that training and you have that knowledge base is is valuable. For our purposes, you know, it, it was it started out kind of like a fun thing, right? I created this course uh, and I referenced it earlier, uh, our Laco uh, Canvas training series, right? And it was really just to set just to it was set up to so that users can go through and get information and tips and support to be able to um, know how to create LACO professional development courses. And I kind of split it off into different levels of, of learning, right? Level one, our Canvas, you know, we, we call it Canvas Educator uh, 
we're, we're showing them how to build, you know, the, the, the initial phases of building a course, what you need to do to set it up and all that. And then as you go up, as you progress through level two, three, four, and then we have five, it's adding more to that. Like the level two is how to integrate canvas. Level three is uh, accessibility and design. Level four is advanced design. And then level five is how to create an asynchronous course using Canvas. So we started out that way. It, for, for me, it was just done so that I could I can provide training to our, our users. And if they wanted to, if they wanted to go through the asynchronous portion, you know, I did all, everything that I that I put up on the asynchronous course, I I did in trainings. So it wasn't all asynchronous. They they can do it by themselves. They can do it uh, with me, you know, in a in a course or you know individualized training, or and, and support for us. You know, they go through the level. It's a module, so I check off the work they turn in, and then it was just for us. It was like, okay, here's your badge, right? Here's your mm-hmm. here's your badge that you completed level one. Um, it was kind of more just for fun. But as as we've grown in Canvas over um, in Ed Services. Um, a lot of our units are when they, when we get new hires, they'll they'll run them. They'll say, "Okay, we'd like you to take you know David's course, and and David will support you with it." But you know you can take it asynchronously, asynchronously if you want. The badge serves as a, you know as evidence that they've completed the course, so they can go to their oh, boss see. and say, "Hey, you know I feel a little bit more confident with Canvas. I can start you know working on it in our division or in our unit." And I've got the badge to kind of support that. Um, but I find, I find like just in my learning too, like the ability to get a little badge at the end of uh, um, any type of work that I'm done, that I'm doing or certification that I'm doing is always a little plus. Yeah. It's, it's a tangible asset. That Absolutely. You have. At least I found the same thing that it feels good to earn, earn something. Absolutely. More, I mean, it also feels good just to learn something new, but to be able to have something to show for it, that's even better. Definitely. Definitely. And if you can show it to your supervisor, or your boss, or your principal, like, hey, I've completed the training and, you know, now, you know, you can, I can be more of a voice of this particular tool mm-hmm. that I've learned for our faculty. You know, it's always a plus. Yeah. I know. We, we, yeah. I'm looking forward to, to our future conversations about this. I know. Yeah. Uh, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed uh, working with you on on you know on the kind of theory behind badging and and mm-hmm. you know it's really cool to kind of see it progress. It's a small progression for our yeah. for our purposes, but uh, right. being able to you know to bring in the software that Canvas uses for Badger and to be able to kind of start using it is really cool to see. I also want to say that I can't believe how the time has passed here as we've been having our conversation. Is there anything else that you want to cover before we say goodbyes? Wow. You know, I think we covered, uh, <laughs> we covered quite a bit through this process. Yeah, I'm, sure did. I'm really surprised that it's that, that we've uh, run through our time already. I think we really covered, you know, how canvas is utilized here um, at, at LACO and it's, it's a growing process, right? It's, right. it's uh, we talk about implementing a platform um, you're kind of working on, you're working through various, you know, forces that, you know, you want people to, of course you want them to use it, but you want them to find value for it. And mm. I think that's something that, um, we're definitely getting a lot of experience over yeah. here on our end. And, and I would, you know, I look forward to working with you guys and your, 
you know, you and you know, Ed programs implementation of Canvas and right. you know how it's working for you for yeah. for that. Great. And I think I would say too that my hope is that we could encourage others to just try some things like an LMS that might help make learning more accessible and giving different kinds of opportunity, whether that's for adult learners or for, you know, students in the K-12 domain, or uh, maybe you happen to be in a university context, like Scott mentioned, where mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're using LMS for their courses as well. And so people, more people can have better access to the learning. Absolutely. And you have to see what works, you know, works for you. There's, of course, there's the paid ones out there, but there are the free ones, you know, you don't ever, don't sleep on Google Classroom. That's, that's always a, a valuable tool and that's right. it's utilized in all levels of education. That's right. And even the free version has a lot to offer. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. This has been a, an interesting conversation. It's great talking with you again. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you guys having me on today. You bet. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks. The Tech Lasso podcast is produced by the ITO coordinator team. We are part of the technology learning and support services department at the Los Angeles County Office of Education. This work is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License. And use our response form to be considered for inclusion in future episodes. Let us know what you're thinking. <laughs>